0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, And wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank Banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. sewers on the boulevard we're out to lunch with stephanie regal stephanie regal is a broadcaster and editor of baton rouge business report it's business baton rouge style
1: hi i'm stephanie regal welcome to out to lunch two years ago most people in louisiana had never heard of uber today the company that makes the popular ride-sharing app is a household word at least here in baton rouge where we didn't just embrace uber we begged the company to bring its services to town Uber is perhaps the epitome of the new way of doing business in the digital economy. Here to tell us about Uber and the company's experience in the capital city is Tom Hayes, general manager of Uber's Gulf Coast region. Tom, welcome down to Lunch.
2: Thanks so much, really happy to be here.
1: And while Uber exemplifies change in the transportation sector, my next guest is an example of changes that have come to the world of publishing. Jeffrey Marks is an acclaimed author of six books, including two New York Times bestsellers, and he's also a Pulitzer Prize winner. His latest book, Walking with Tigers, is an unconventional collection of LSU sports stories. But it's also unconventional in the sense that Jeffrey self-published it, which is certainly not something he had to do, but something he chose to do. It's a new business model, and it's one Jeffrey is here to tell us about today. Jeffrey, thanks for being here with us today.
3: Good afternoon, Stephanie. Great to be with you.
1: Well, Tom, I'm going to start with you. Uber has taken Baton Rouge by storm, and I know y'all don't disclose numbers, but Can you give us an idea of what kind of growth you've seen since y'all have been in the market here? Has it been about a year and a half almost now?
2: Yeah, so we launched in mid-July last year, and and we've just seen really tremendous growth. If if you compare that first September to this past September, we've seen over 200% of the trips taking place in this most recent September than last year. So it's incredibly popular. People are really excited about it.
1: Can you give us an idea of how many Drivers, for instance, y'all have in in the Baton Rouge area, capital region.
2: Yep, so we have hundreds of drivers uh, in, in the Baton Rouge area, and they come from a very wide variety of backgrounds. We have graduate students to stay-at-home moms to people that are uh, in between jobs to, to folks in the military.
1: For those people who don't know, you all contract with a driver, right? And then you wash your hands of it, basically, and they sort of decide when they want to work and when they don't yeah
2: exactly so uh the, the great part about working uh, as a partner with uber is is that it's completely flexible so you set your own schedule you can log on and off the, the system whenever you want of course before people get on the system they go through a comprehensive background check uh and we also while ride is taking place there's a million dollars worth of insurance in, in place to make sure both the driver and the rider are protected
1: how much does an average Uber driver make? I guess there's a range.
2: Yeah, it depends. So, you know, when uh, de- demand is really high, they have the opportunity uh, to, to, to make a bit more. But, the, you know, people uh, are, are making money out there and you know especially during lsu football games when there's incredible demand that's really when we see the the greatest demand uh out here uh there's really great opportunities for drivers
1: but just like is there an average figure so we, we <laughs> don't really get get into okay. it
2: but uh, uh it's it's uh it's good good money
1: now one thing that i thought was fun is that new orleans and you're in, over the whole Gulf Coast, right? New Orleans yep. usually leads the way, but in this instance, it was Baton Rouge that literally just begged Uber to come.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: Why do you think the need, the demand was so great here? What has been your experience here?
2: Yeah, so you know, we were really pleased as we were trying to, to get up and going uh, in in New Orleans to get a call from council members Heck and Delgado uh, on the Baton Rouge City Council, and, and you know they really paved the the way for for bringing this here. Uh, but you know I, I think what they recognized was that there w- weren't a lot of transportation options in, in Baton Rouge, and there was a real gap in, in the market. And really the the beauty of what Uber does is it allows people to use their existing assets. And you know as I was saying with the football games, this kind of demand uh, can really grow. And, and then contract on you know on, on the middle of a, a week, people can can get out there to, to meet that as opposed to having uh, a really regimented uh, force of, of vehicles that, that are out there. So the, the model really works for, for places that don't have a great infrastructure in place.
1: Don't have a great infrastructure like taxi cabs or public transit or even a walkable city, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and, and in South Louisiana where people love to go out to eat and drink a lot? Yep. I mean, that plays right into the need, right? The demand. Yeah,
2: because absolutely, and, and one of the, the great things we've seen is is we've looked at uh, DUI rates year over year from when we started. There's been a 17% reduction in DUIs in Baton Rouge uh, since no we've kidding. Come into the market. So, you know, uh, and, and we've seen similar uh, similar patterns in, in other cities we, we've been. So we think uh, by, by us being here, you know, we're not only making things more convenient, for folks, but also a lot safer out there too.
1: The thing that's so fascinating to me about Uber is it's really, it's a paradigm shift. It's a whole new model, and I think that's what the regulators and so many people missed at first. They didn't get that this is the way business is done today.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's really a magical experience. You know, if you think about what you previously had to go through to get a car, you had to pick up the phone, and call someone. That person on the other end of the line had to then call someone else who may or may not have gotten the call and then gone to pick you up. Now with just the push of a button, you can watch as a vehicle drives towards you. You get in the car, go to where you need to go and you simply get out and the credit card on file is charged. It's really simple, it's almost magical.
1: Well, Jeffrey, speaking of paradigm shifts, we've seen a real shift in the world of content delivery in general and publishing in particular. You're a successful author, as I mentioned a little while ago, six books to your name, and you've just self-published your latest book about LSU sports. I want to get into the business model of self-publishing, but tell us about your book first before we do that. It's well, called Walking with Tigers.
3: Right. Walking with Tigers is an unconventional collection of LSU sports stories. So it's athletes, it's coaches, some fans, stories even in there as well, and I've spent the last four years working on this project. It's the longest I've ever worked on the research and writing and editing of a book, and I enjoyed it immensely. We've got old, we've got young, we've got men, we've got women, we've got a variety of sports, uh, ranging all the way by uh, a, a guy who's 92 years old, lives in Zachary, Louisiana, played in the first NBA All-Star game ever held after playing basketball at LSU in the 1940s. Wow. Amazing man to visit with, and I loved his journey and sharing that. But then the youngest guy in the book, I think some of your listeners might have heard this gentleman by the name of leonard fournette he's (laughs) playing a little bit of football over at lsu (laughs) sounds
1: familiar
3: much to my good fortune i started visiting with leonard during his senior year in high school before he
1: got to be so well known well he was pretty well known
3: Uh, he was pretty well known already but nothing like it is today i had no idea that we'd be sitting here now at this point in the season he'd be the heisman favorite that's remarkable but i don't write about football i really write about this young man and who he is as a person And that's what makes these stories different. They're not Mm -hmm. really stories about games or points on the scoreboard. They're stories about people and their lives. They're stories about the passion that comes with this long history of excellence at LSU.
1: That is fabulous. And it, I mean, the topic is so tailor made for this market. It's a, it's a natural hit, right?
3: Right. Well, it didn't happen by coincidence. I moved here from Washington, DC. I'm kind of geographically challenged. People tell me around here. I grew up in New York went to school in Chicago and then lived most of my adult life in Washington, DC. I lie all the time and say I'm from Thibodeau, (laughs) Louisiana, but that's simply not true. But my wife is from Thibodeau, so that kind of gives me the permission to say that every now and then. So when I moved here eight years ago, I naturally gravitated toward the world of LSU sports just Mm -hmm. because sports was such a familiarity level for me, such an area of comfort. And Ended up learning about so many wonderful people establishing some great relationships over there and it became very personal to me, this story, this book.
1: So, usually, I mean, self-publishing used to be for people who couldn't get a publisher. You've had publishers, you've had great critical success, financial success in publishing. What made you decide to take this book and do it yourself?
3: Right, well, we could spend hours talking about that decision alone, which certainly we won't do, but I, I can narrow it down to a few areas. I'd say the first was the nature of the book itself. It's a Louisiana book. And I wanted to keep as much of this project in Louisiana as I could. That was very important to me. And then there's this whole thing of understanding. And maybe for people on the outside looking in, this would be a little tough to understand. But in publishing, bigger isn't always better. So I've had the opportunity over the years to publish books with the biggest publishers in America. Simon & Schuster, uh, Harper Collins come to mind. I've done medium size and I've also done my own before years ago. So. I understand I've learned a lot about small, medium, and large, and bigger is not always best. Bigger moves very slowly sometimes, and I don't like to move slowly.
1: Do the big publishing houses take too big of a cut?
3: Uh, That had nothing to do with this decision. It was really more so that they're more conventional, and I like to think of the work that I'm doing here as a little more unconventional. So for example, one of my favorite things to do with this project is a books to schools program that I'm doing all over the state of Louisiana. I love visiting with schools. It would never happen. I'm working here with Walk-Ons. So what does Books to Schools mean? Well, Books to Schools means I'm visiting dozens of schools all over the state during these few months of the launch. and I'm doing that with the support of Walk-Ons, my statewide sponsor, and Business First Bank, my regional sponsor. This would never happen with one of the big publishers because they're just not open. They don't get things like this. So I want to be able to do the things on the ground that they don't necessarily do. That's not putting them down for what they do. I've had wonderful... Uh, good works with them in the past, but this was just something I wanted to do a little different. Maybe it speaks a little bit to my own nature as well.
1: And you went to the sponsors in advance, presumably, and and lined this up and got them on board.
3: Right, and this is the great thing about these two companies. They are Louisiana companies, both Walk Ons and Business First Bank started here in Louisiana in Baton Rouge specifically, and now they're spreading across the state. They're doing wonderful things. Walk Ons has six locations. Business First Bank has 16 all over the state, so we're doing a lot of events with them all over the state. Are
1: you the first author that they have sponsored? Because this is a new model for them, I
3: suppose. Um, I believe it's the first time either one of those companies did something like this.
1: That is fantastic. I mean, could anyone do this, or do you still have to be a very talented and acclaimed author?
3: Uh, Well, I'm not sure that I fit the bill as you're describing it. And I'm also, I really don't know that I can answer that question. I think a lot of it just has to do with your own creativity, your own desire, and your own uh, willingness to go out there and make this work. I mean, it's shoes on the pavement. You know, this is not sitting at home and someone just makes all this happen for you. It's no different than any other business. So when the writing is put aside and the editing is put aside you become a businessman and and I love that journey I love learning about all that I love exploring I love the successes the failures they all teach me something about the journey and about myself so that's all part of this as well
1: Does an author make more or less with a self-published book or do we know yet Yeah
3: I just don't think there's any way to say I mean I've uh, you know my last couple books have done very well and my hope will be that this one does very well too
1: Fantastic well, Jeffrey and Tom, I'd like to introduce you both to Travis Broussard CEO of Impression Works, and, and like you both, Travis is doing business in a new way with his company, which he founded just four years ago. We met Travis through the Louisiana Business and Technology Center. The LBTC is a business incubator that offers the resources of LSU to entrepreneurs and innovators. Travis, welcome to Out to Lunch.
4: Thank you for having me, Stephanie.
1: We're glad you're here. Now, Impression Works is a technology company that, as your website says, helps innovators and entrepreneurs turn their great ideas into products and services that help others as a practical matter, what does that mean? You, uh, y'all develop apps?
4: That's how impression Works started. It, it was just a vision of everybody has great ideas, but uh, I don't know if you ever said, man, I wish I would have thought of that first. Uh, All like the to time. Th- <laughs> a- absolutely. So we like, to, we, we like to use technology to help those dreams come true. And the first thing we wanted to do as a, as a company is to go through that process ourselves. So we wanted to launch our own applications from start concept to publishing the app and getting into the stores and launching a business behind it. So that's what we did. We created two applications, one mobile job force, another one called Memo. We wanted to do it ourselves before we can offer services to others.
1: Now, mobile job works. Tell us about that briefly because then we want to focus on the memo.
4: Absolutely. It's simple. I mean, I've I've worked in the restaurant industry, and I got tired of when I was in in college driving from restaurant to restaurant, filling out paper applications. And nowadays, you don't have to do that. I mean, I I was at walk-ons, actually our first customer, (laughs) and I saw all these college students walking in and they would put their iPhone down on the table and they would fill out a piece of paper to get a job. And I said, there's gotta be a better way. So we created a mobile app, an iOS app, and an Android app, and we launched it through all the walk-ons, and now we launched it to many restaurants and grocery stores, and now we're moving into the construction and medical industry. And it's simple, you download an app, fill out a profile, and you can apply for multiple jobs right from your phone. And then we, the, the, the managers of those restaurants have an app on their phone, so they don't have to go and filter through file cabinets of applications. They have an app and they click one button and they can schedule an interview and, and make it all possible.
1: And and it's been well received so absolutely, far? Absolutely,
4: absolutely. It's mainly in Baton Rouge. I think we've processed probably about 25,000 applications and um, hundreds of people have gotten jobs. So we started in Baton Rouge and now we're looking to scale uh, outside, of, uh, outside of the state.
1: Fantastic. The other app you mentioned is called Memo? It,
4: it's called Memo, that's right.
1: And tell us about it.
4: Um, I have five children. Me uh, and my wife just had our fifth child. And one thing we do, uh, besides change diapers, is, <laughs> <laughs> is we take pictures, yes. uh, and that's what everybody does. About 350 million photos get uploaded to Facebook every day. Most wow. of them are my wife, sitting there taking pictures <laughs> of our kids. And, and, and we also do a lot of fundraising. I don't know about y'all, but we sell a lot of chocolates, sure. candies, cookie dough and magazines, gift wrapping paper during the holidays. And I just thought of a concept that was simple. How do we put the photo book industry, which is a billion dollar industry, and the fundraising for school industry and combine them together. And that's what Memo gives you. You as a parent can take pictures at all of your life's moments, soccer games, basketball games, uh, funerals, you know, all the things that happen in your life from, from birth to death. And now you can use our app to build a product. We print it and ship it to you. And what differentiates us from the competition is we give 40% back to your your school or church or ministry.
1: 40%? That's, That's right. Huge.
4: Absolutely. So on a $30 photo book like this book right here, $12 goes to support your kid's school.
1: Wow. And and you mentioned the competition. I I make these books all the time. I use Shutterfly. The software is impossible. You're saying your software is better?
4: Absolutely. It's faster. It's quicker. <laughs> it's easy. And the, the most of it's come from our design. We design about 3,000 different designs perfectly. Photos matched where they're supposed to be, the graphics are perfect, and all you have to do as a user is click a button from Facebook or from Instagram or your phone, and the photos fill the book itself. It's kind of like magic, like you said, <laughs> like Uber is.
1: <laughs> what kind of margin is there for Impression Works if you're giving that much away?
4: The great thing about print is there is a lot of margin, and there's a lot of margin to go around. Uh, so for a $30 photo book, we can give 40% we can pay commissions to sales folks and and still make money as a company and right now we license that software to the, one of the largest fundraising companies in the country called Great American Opportunity uh, they're in about 40,000 schools in the US and we license it through them our next phase in 2016 is we want to go directly to organizations like St. Jude's Hospital, um, Wounded Warriors and raise money for a good cause directly to those organizations.
1: Now would you all publish a book like Jeffrey's book for instance?
4: We don't. We do. Uh, we don't. We don't do like mass production or, or publishing. It's, every one of our products is um, one single product designed by a user with their photos. So when somebody builds a book, um, we we sold 150,000 photo books during Christmas last year. It's all individually uh, one-off photo books.
1: Wow, w- your company has a relationship with South Africa. I wanted to ask you about that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We. Um, there was a company called Personera based out of South Africa. It was founded by a, by a gentleman named Sharon, and he was selling his software and solutions, a photo book software. He had a okay. great relationship with Facebook, and he um, was selling it to Ticketmaster here in the States. So you'd buy a ticket to your favorite concert, and you could buy a photo book along with it. So when I came up with this concept um, of doing fundraising for schools – I found this company in South Africa and within about 18 months where I negotiated and I purchased the company. And so now I have uh, 22 employees in Cape Town, South Africa. I go there twice a year. It's a beautiful place. And now we're bringing those, those folks to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So four of them already moved and we're creating jobs here.
1: Fantastic. Now, this is sort of, this just sort of came to me, but I mean, all of you all are doing business in new ways. You wouldn't have been able to do this ten years ago I mean you might have been able to technically but really it wouldn't have been possible on the scale what is it like to be sort of you know doing business today in this new way sort of on the front line so different than you would have done it just a few years ago Jeffrey
3: to me it's all about the joy of the learning and the discovery and it doesn't always work uh, but it's a heck of a journey along the way you know publishing a book I've done that I've been doing that for many years now, so it really doesn't excite me that much to do another book the same way I've done others. So, to be able to do this one the way I have and, and take it and, and find my own way and put it not only in stores like Barnes and Noble and on Amazon, but in stores like uh, outlets such as the Rapid Lube Oil Shop on Essen Lane, wow. who is selling like cases of this book because he's got so many people in and out of there all the time, Jerry Hicks, and guess what? There are a lot of LSU sports fans, so if you find the right way to put this book in front of them they're probably going to buy it if they've heard something about it so it's just finding those new ways it's being different it's being unconventional I think the one thing we've heard here today from all three of us is we've all enjoyed that process of being unconventional
1: and you it's there's no set formula it's whatever you can think up and you throw it out there and see if it works
3: I have all sorts of plans every day when I wake up for what I'm gonna do and by the end of the day I look back in, at my day and I laugh at myself because although I've hopefully gotten through my to-do list for that day, it's taken me in so many different directions that I never would have anticipated.
1: That's great. Tom, what do you think?
2: Yeah, so I you know, I, I think with technology, we, we have the opportunity to, to really leverage things that we never thought possible. So, for example, with Uber, by giving people this easy, affordable way to get around, we have the opportunity to cut down emissions, reduce congestion, uh, reduce... Drinking and driving, as as we said, and you know, really, w- what started with with just a simple convenience. Wouldn't it be nice to, to push a button and get a car? We're now talking about potentially not needing to own cars, and and what would the world <laughs> like be be then? So you know, it's really exciting to be uh, kind of on the on the forefront of something that that truly is is changing how people get around cities.
1: And and Travis, I would imagine with with you all, you are. Um, you've got a whole bunch of different apps that you're working on right and so the memo took off that's gotten to be but i mean there must be other ones too you're just constantly exploring
4: yeah absolutely stephanie with the proliferation of social media and, and technology uh, getting to the masses is, is uh, simpler than ever now and uh, with our memo application one thing that we learned we launched with uh, the girl scouts of america so really? when they're not selling cookies they're selling photo books so it's called treats and keeps and we've been amazed of hearing back from the girl scouts of america on how at the at the camping trip every year now they're taking pictures and it's not only a great fundraiser but it's great advertising for the Girl Scouts and and that's what um, that's what technology does it gives you the ability to share your life experiences and that's what you capture in memo.
1: I am so inspired y'all are great well we're gonna take a break for a minute and do what we call the checklist it's that part of the show where we ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application so Tom I'll start <laughs> with you what's the best day you've ever had at work?
2: So uh, you know, I, it was incredibly exciting when we launched Baton Rouge. It, it was the first uh, first Louisiana city to to get on the map. It, it, it that was incredibly exciting. I, I wouldn't say it was my favorite because we received just such a warm welcome uh, from from Baton Rouge that the process was so straightforward. Again, a huge shout out to council members Heck and Delgado for making that process really easy. I would say it was when we launched New Orleans. We had gone through nearly a, a year long policy fight uh, where we went through numerous uh, meetings and, and delays and, and such. So when we were able to launch UberX for the first time in April in, in New Orleans was just an incredible feeling. Yeah, I bet it was.
1: And, and it's been doing as well there as it has been here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the growth in New Orleans has been really incredible and, and almost off off the charts. It's, it's been very exciting, especially as we're kind of heading into the, the major tourism season. Sure
1: okay well Jeffrey here's one for you do you have a favorite saying
3: I actually do have a favorite saying and it's been with me a very long time because in seventh grade in seventh grade in probably (laughs) the mid-seventies I would say I had an incredible basketball coach a junior high basketball coach who taught me the concept of no regrets two simple words but when you put them together and don't just play basketball that way but live your life that way it really impacts the choices you make it impacts almost everything I've done I've carried that saying with me every single day of my life since seventh grade if you can believe that.
1: Travis, here's your question. What is your trick for staying positive?
4: I think it's something that my grandmother who um, passed away last year but she'd always tell me to find you always find a good in everyone and a good in every situation.
1: That's great I love that. Well before we wrap up I'm gonna ask you a one quick question about your brother-in-law. Now I don't know whether y'all actually have a brother-in-law but for the purposes of this conversation Let's pretend like you do. So Tom, your brother-in-law is a cab driver in Baton Rouge. What career advice would you give him?
2: Um, so I, I would tell him, uh, come on <laughs> over and give <laughs> give technology uh, a try. We, we actually have many cab drivers, former cab drivers, who have seen the opportunity and are, and are tired of paying two, three, four hundred $400 a week just to rent their vehicle to actually go into business for themselves, be an entrepreneur, and, and just create a better living for themselves. So
1: you don't see a whole lot of future in the taxicab industry?
2: Well, I, you know, I, I can't predict the future, but, but what I can say is, is that there are great opportunities, and, and by embracing technology, I think we, we all have the opportunity to really move forward.
1: Okay, Jeffrey, your brother-in-law takes you out for dinner and tells you he's thinking about quitting his day job to write a book. What advice would you give him?
3: I'm going to say keep your job (laughs) because you might think you want to write a book. You might even think you have a book in you. But my experience with this is, and I get at least a call or an email every single week from someone in America who is a book. Or so they tell me. And uh, I've also learned through the years that that's usually not the case. So I always ask people put down on paper in two pages just limit it to you're not even allowed more than two pages tell me mm-hmm. what you want to write how you want to write it and why you want to write it and share that with me and then I'll give you some feedback and in the, all the years I've been asking people to do that in response to their initial query I've received a grand total of one
1: no you're kidding
3: in response to literally hundreds of people that I've gone through this process with so It is a little bit daunting. My my take on it is if you can't do the two-pager, you're probably not going to be able to do the book. So I think you better give that some deep thought. Absolutely. And then there's another piece. If this is my brother-in-law that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. who doesn't actually exist. But if he did, he would probably be writing about things in our family, and I'm going to think that's probably not a real good (laughs) idea either. So I'm going to say we're 0 for 2 there.
1: Okay. And Travis, your brother-in-law has an idea for an app that you just don't think there's a market for. And he's going to sink his last dollar into it. Do you follow your own credo of not withering in the face of opposition, or do you advise them
4: to quit? I think Nike had it right. I say just do it, because through your failures you'll learn, and through your successes you can live your dream. And I think also to use the resources that that we have in this great city. I mean, I started with an idea at the LSU Incubator, and Charles D'Agostino got behind me and they believed in me, and, and we launched our first app. And then when I had another idea, I got behind people that did it before and partnered with Louisiana Technology Park. And, um, and they help stand behind me. So I think it's get, finding the right resources and just do it. Yep.
1: All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. Tom Hayes, Jeffrey Marks, and Travis Broussard, it's been great to visit with y'all here at Mansers and hear about how you are changing the way we do business in Baton Rouge and everywhere, whether it's in the transportation sector, publishing, are bringing ideas to market. So thank you all so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank
4: you, Stephanie.
1: My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Tom Hayes of Uber, author Jeffrey Marks, and Travis Broussard of Impression Works. You can find out more about Uber, Jeffrey Marks, and Impression Works by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at MitchellForeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Joneswalker.com And by Business First Bank. With locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com.